computer. Hi, friends. Uh, this week, we are talking about something a little bit delicate, so I thought I would bring in the guest of this particular episode of the pod, Terry Kitagawa. Hi, Terry. Hello, hello. So we recorded this episode before <laughs> the, it was before the uprisings against police brutality. In focus on what we're talking about in this episode, it was before J.K. Rowling tweeted some really transphobic things. We know that J.K. Rowling is transphobic, and we, we say it in the episode, but I want to take a moment to say it in a more outright way that we do not stand with J.K. Rowling's sentiments. We believe that trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary people are non-binary, and it, mm-hmm. it breaks our hearts that this uh, person with so much influence and who created something that we love so much has such shitty, toxic, poison beliefs. I think he summed up everything I was thinking about in like much, much better words than I was going to push. <laughs> you're not the only person who wanted to talk about Harry Potter, and you're certainly not the only person who still loves Harry Potter. And I think we're at this moment in time where as shitty people reveal their shitty politics, what do we do with this art that still means something to us? And how can we claim death of the author when the author is putting people who love her work in harm's way? Mm-hmm. Navigating that space of just the separation of the, the work versus the author. And I'm a pretty cis straight person. And it's like, it's just, it's just, so, it's still so painful to see someone whose work that we admire just completely wreck the rights of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also like work that had like profound impact on our young lives. Like I, if I were to remove my love of Harry Potter from my life, there'd be very like huge swaths of my history just gone. Mm-hmm. And also a huge part of my being is that I am non-binary. And what does that mean? What did J.K. Rowling's fucking shitty politics mean for me and we're still figuring that out and so it did feel important to post this episode and not erase it because we as artists as people who consume culture we need to be able to have these conversations and and move through our feelings about it in a way that is in conversation with each other and in conversation with the stories that we tell and i feel like harry potter is a huge part of our cultural zeitgeist that we can't just pretend didn't happen yeah because it's eight how many years so many years of just growing up with that material Mm, yeah well over a decade of that being a huge part of our lives and like i also want to say that like in addition to being transphobic there's a lot of racism anti-Semitism in these stories that we also acknowledge in the episode, but I think it bears us saying it again now. 100%. Yeah. That is our kind of precursor to the episode. We do not stand with J.K. Rowling, but we do stand with everyone who is maybe struggling to figure out how their love of Harry Potter works with their love of trans people in the trans community. And as we continue to figure this out, please uh, feel free to reach out to me, to us, if you have thoughts, questions, concerns, something to add, we want to listen and we want to do better. So Terry, if people want to donate money or learn more about uh, trans rights and trans activism, where are some places that they can look, some resources that we can provide? Definitely one place that they can check out is the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. Yeah, I was thinking the Transgender Awareness Alliance, the LGBTQ Freedom Fund, the Queen Culture Initiative, and of course the Okra Project. And I will link all of those in the episode description. So Terry, yes. without further ado we're gonna get to your episode do you want to rub on simba's tummy or think that spider-man looks extra yummy the pain of childhood is super funny on did that do it for ya with aurelia grierson
Hello and welcome to That Do It For You, the Sexual Awakenings podcast where I interview people about the things that made them horny for the first time. I am here with my dear friend and colleague, Terry Kitagawa. How are you doing, Hello. Terry? Good, good. That is me. Yes. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing real swell. It's a beautiful day here in Ashland, Oregon. Remind, remind me where you're at and tell the listeners where you're at. I'm currently in San Francisco. Sometimes I'm in New York. Sometimes. You haven't been in a minute. It's like probably been like a year since I've been there. Oh gosh. Like been there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I visited, but I haven't like been there. Right. Right. Well, I mean, thank God for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, tell the listeners how we know each other. Yeah, so um, we met last year at the magical place of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Yes. And we were both understudies. And we also worked merch for um, a Cambodian rock bands. And we went on a trip to Crater Lake. And I was like, I wish we're friends forever. And you said, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> I was not about that lovely display of affection. I was just talking to a friend about this about how i mean we're talking we're talking astrology right oh, something I'm, I'm so into it big into something i know you're big into but i was talking about how because this friend we were talking uh, we were both fire signs we were talking about the ways in which we like to receive attention from people mm-hmm. and so we're like we are both uh like short short bursts of attention that are not very deep, like pretty superficial. I'm good if I can just be looked at for like a few seconds and like, and then I can like move on with my day. Mm. Remind me again what your sign is. I'm a Libra, so air. air. Oh, so Um, how do you like to receive attention? I think I can like sum it up as like, I quote John Mulaney quite a lot, but um, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I need people to like me so much. (laughs) I'm like, because he says, it's like, I'm the mayor of nothing. I just like, (laughs) I need people to love me constantly. (laughs) So you're like, you like a long sustained or like? Yeah, long sustained. Like, I like need to know it's there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Because I was I was talking about uh, my sister and a couple of my other friends who are water signs, mm-hmm. who it feels like the ways that I feel like I can best give them attention is kind of the deep dive into like mm. their emotional, <laughs> their emotional lives for like an hour or so. Mm-hmm. And then like, that's pretty good. And I, I've been, you know, I think a lot about like love languages. Oh, totally. And I think a lot about like the different ways in which we like, you know, understand the world. I love a good personality test. Mm-hmm, as a, mm-hmm. as a or, bonus episode, I'm going to have uh, Eleanor come on and do True Colors. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I, I wonder if this is like, some, there's like a pattern here to be gleaned about the ways in which we seek attention. Yeah, something that's going back to the True Colors test. Yeah, I, I took it and I'm like, a, a abnormally high amount of blue. I think I was like yeah. 90, 99, 100% blue. And Eleanor was just like, that's, that's not a thing. Like, ah! You have to have another color. <laughs> you have to have another color. You do like, have nah. to have another color. I mean, okay, so Eleanor will get into this more mm-hmm. in the bonus episode. So definitely, you know, uh, become Check a patron out. on Patreon and have access to the bonus episodes. Piss off the conservative <laughs> government by listening to a bunch of queer people talk about what made them horny for the first time. But on the in the bonus episode, we'll talk about true colors. But the kind of briefest synopsis I can give is that your leadership style can be broken up into four different colors and kind of to summarize those colors uh, Eleanor is going to be so pissed off when she hears me talking about this oh, no. her. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to do it anyway yeah <laughs> and this ties into the episode actually that we're going to talk about orange is like chaotic 
green is rational logical gold is like super organized and then blue is really emotional that's me that's you <laughs> i'm an even split orange and blue so that's bad <laughs> it's like two fighting that's against like, each other that's like why i like cocaine <laughs> <laughs> But what? you know what that is kind of similar to, Terry? Mm -hmm. Are the four Hogwarts houses. Would you a... like to tell our listeners what we're talking about today? Yeah, so I like was thinking about it not too long ago. And I was like, oh, I think I found like what I love and just like the kind of person that I love in Harry Potter. And I was like, it's Hermione Granger. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> This like super intelligent, very leadership oriented person. I'm like going back to like a conversation we had where it was like, what we're looking for in a partner is to step on their neck or if they step on our neck right. and like, please step on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You like a woman who can step on your neck because mm -hmm. Hermione Granger would definitely step, step on, on my neck. <laughs> so like, how old were you when the first movie came out? Do you remember? Um, I think I was like seven or eight. Okay, okay. That mm -hmm. that checks out. Because you and I are the same age, right? No. Um, yes? I'm, wait, I'm 26? Yeah, I'm 27. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, I thought, like, <laughs> breaking it down to, like, the exact year. I was like, no. I know you're older. But, like, any, I consider anyone between, like, 26 and 28 to be my age. That is fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're six months older, how dare you? I know, I was born at the end of 1992. Because <laughs> yeah, I would have um, like, and were you a book person or a movie person first? I know I read the books. I could not tell you a single thing about them, but I um, <laughs> definitely remember the movies was like the reason that I was like, oh. Into. <laughs> I was like, my heart skipped a beat. <laughs> I remember, like, because I think the books came out when my sister was, like, 11. Mm -hmm. So, like, the first book, my sister was 11. So she, like, aged with the books. And then I think um, the, the movie came out, like, when I was 10 or 11. So I aged with the movies. And yeah. I think the last one did come out, I think. I, I would have to do better math about <laughs> I, I think the seventh movie maybe came out when I was 17. I don't know. That sounds about right. I feel like I was around the end of high school. Yeah, nobody wants to hear us do math. And as I frequently say, this is a podcast about feelings, not wow. facts. And we're like two artists. We're not going to math good. <laughs> I can't do math. Oh my gosh. I You know what I hated? when I worked in customer service. Uh -huh. It's like, if I had to take money and someone like gave me like extra money to make a certain amount of change. Oh my God. Nothing would make me more upset as a stupid person. Cause I was like, this is like, you, what? You expect me to know how to do math? math. Ew, I would get so mad. And then they would get so frustrated and they would like tell me what to give them back. Yeah, they're like, give me a $5 bill. I'm like, exactly. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> exactly. I was always just like, so stressed out like my brain wouldn't like I couldn't mm -hmm. even take the time to like think about it in my head like my brain just like went completely blank and it was like what and Gandalf says in Lord of the Rings he's like white shores it's like I died <laughs> I died in I those moments <laughs> I was gone my soul left its body <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is if you tried to make me figure out how old I was when each of these movies came out I, you're, we're going to be here forever. No clue. No, no clue. clue. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that you and I kind of grew up as these movies came out. Yeah. 
I remember always thinking that Rupert Grant was a cutie. Mm. So there's this, uh, also interesting like realization I had where growing up, I 100% was like, I want to be Harry Potter. Like he was kind of a jock. He played Quidditch. Yeah. And like, I was like, ooh, I still play sports. I play basketball. I play tennis. Like I'm kind of in that jock world. Um, but then like realizing now I'm like, oh, I'm 100% Ron. You are, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're definitely more of a Ron than a Harry. And I say that with so much mm-hmm. love because like, I actually, I know there's like a lot of Ron hate out there in the world. There's Ron hate? <laughs> yeah, there's so much Ron hate. Oh, like, no. If you go onto any internet, it will tell you that like people don't like Ron, that people don't think that Hermione should have ended up with Ron. I mean, the whole thing is kind of like these people are like forced to be with one group of people for their entire schooling. So like mm-hmm. if you don't meet your spouse at Hogwarts, like are you just like not gonna get married? Like that's it's uh, that's such an interesting point. Like it's so like yeah, when everyone's like, oh, they just marry their high school sweethearts. I'm like, but there's no one else. <laughs> like there's no one else gonna, there. Unless they're gonna go to France or like back like in Eastern Europe, or I guess mm-hmm. I guess there's Ilvermory in America, which like <laughs> though I will say Yeah, yeah. Say what it. you want about fan- <laughs> say what you want about Fantastic Beasts. At least there were like actual Jewish people in Fantastic Beasts. Yes, diversity. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that video of there's like a YouTube video of every time a person of color talks in a Harry Potter movie? No. Like in in and this is like an eight movie saga and the video is four <laughs> minutes long. That's every time a person of color speaks in a Harry Potter movie. Wow, wow, Isn't wow, that- wow. I knew, I knew it wasn't going to be great, but like minutes. knowing it was that bad, yeah. And like a good percentage of that is just Lee Jordan saying Quidditch stuff. And he's only in the first two movies. And like, you know, Cho Chang was like there. Mm. I remember when J.K. Rowling was like, I have this Asian character. Let me name her Cho Chang. No one's going to be mad about this. <laughs> no one will get be mad. Possibly be upset about Cho Chang. Cho Chang. But then remember when in Cursed Child, when she was like, "I love Black Hermione," and I'm like, "You had you didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't do Cursed Child. I don't. <laughs> I I didn't do Cursed Child either. I haven't seen it. I haven't read it. But mm. I do know that. The, there's a live where she's like i love black hermione no she no <laughs> when when curse child came out in london and mm-hmm. uh, the woman who was playing hermione was black mm-hmm. and like you know racist people had their racist things to say and then jk rowling thinking she was like helping was like i okay, love Rowling. black hermione all i said was that she had brown eyes and bushy hair i feel like within the last many years jk rowling has been like i'm helping and like everyone's like you're not just like just stop <laughs> just helping stop i mean thank god for the concept of death of the author because i mean for all mm-hmm. of its faults i know that harry potter is a really imperfect series for a lot of reasons. I mean, the problematic politics of its author. But like, I grew up with Harry Potter and like, I did not have parents who exposed me to like books. It's not that they didn't like encourage me reading, they did, but like, Mm -hmm. it was very much like they would take me to the library and be like, pick out whatever you want. And so I didn't read like series of unfortunate events or like Artemis Fowl Mm -hmm. or any of the other like good book series. I was like out here, like my sister was reading Harry Potter. So I read Harry Potter. That's so interesting. Cause like, 
I think Harry Potter was like the only book series that like my my mom like tried to get me to read because she's like, you liked the movie, here's the book. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But it's like a very interesting like split between like my brother and I. So like my brother was always the book smart brother. Like he was the book smart one. So like he did all the books, he did all the studies and I was like supposed to be the jock. And now we're both artists. So like- Doesn't matter. You both turned into disappointments. Mm-hmm. That's what reading gets you children. Yeah, never read. <laughs> Be illiterate. Just do art. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I think a lot of my kind of development as a reader is in thanks to Harry Potter. There's a lot wrong with it. There's so much oh, wrong with yeah. it. Oh, yeah. But I also think in like the time that we were young and like the time that the movies and the books were coming out, like that's a story that we were able to really connect to. Mm-hmm. And like we were able to grow from, which is like amazing and great. And now we can look back and be like, oh, okay, like maybe there's some things that oh, could have yeah. been fixed. Absolutely. But what is it, I think where that, where the book and the movies as well really excelled was this like world building aspect. Mm-hmm, it's this incredibly mm-hmm. like rich world. Oh, totally. That has like, taken on a life beyond J.K. Rowling, thank God. Mm-hmm. But something I did always like wonder as an incredibly horny child, it's like I got horny before the story got horny. So like, around book I mean maybe there's like tricklings and like hints of horniness around the third both book and movie Mm -hmm. but like I when I was 13 I was like (laughs) all the time (laughs) all the time I wasn't like being satisfied by Harry Potter I, (laughs) I think like I like have this memory of myself sometime in between the first and the second movie like I like read some magazine as like a kid and was just like, what are my chances of getting married to Emma Watson? Ah! (laughs) And did you do math? (laughs) I did do math. I was like, okay, she's only like, you know, three years older than me. That's not wild. (laughs) (laughs) Is she that much older than us? Yeah, she's like 30 now, I think. Like somewhere in her 30s. Um, She's dating Tom Felton. I don't know if they're still dating, but they were. How do you feel about that? I think no 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 I was like oh yeah I was just like remembering like there was an interview that Emma Watson had where she was like I had like the biggest crush on Tom and like if they're dating like that's amazing and if they're still dating great I think that's just like my love my love style is like I become really obsessed about like all the details yearning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. deep yearning oh I don't think they're together anymore I do oh well I do think that there was a thing where Emma Watson was like I am dating myself yeah Harry Potter star praises Emma Watson and, and said he'd also call himself self-partnered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I mean yeah there remember, we go I'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go they're both dating themselves and not dating each other <laughs> but yes the point I was trying to make before I got so distracted was that the series doesn't really I, I think the movie starts getting the movies start getting horny around three which feels I think, yeah I think it's like around three that it was just kind of like oh these people are like kind of attractive even with those haircuts I mean I think I like started to grow those kinds of haircuts because I was like oh Harry and Ron like those are obviously like the kids to look up to like with their like mullety haircuts <laughs> Well, no, the th- I think I think three is potentially all of their best hair. Um, four is when <laughs> it gets real bad for the boys. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, when yeah. they have the mullety haircut. <laughs> like, I currently have a mullety haircut. It's like mm-hmm. getting- I'm just, like, wearing a beanie to, like, 
hide my huge hair now. <laughs> oh yeah, I cut off all my hair because I was sick of the bleach blonde. And but it now... looks so good. Thank you. But I think at the late at the length that it's like kind of grown out too, I think I look a little bit like a beetle. Hey, I rocked that look in high school. And yeah. then it became Justin Bieber. And then I was like, oh no, I have to get this cut. <laughs> I have to get rid of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but the point I was trying to make was that I felt like when I was reading the books that there was, mm-hmm. I don't want this to sound bad, but there I felt like there was just a little bit of a, a lack of realistic horniness. I honestly don't remember the books that well. Well, because they didn't start kissing until they didn't start wanting to kiss each other until book five yeah 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 because that's when they go to the ball is book five book four they go book i guess four i guess yeah book four is when he wants to start kissing people. i think they hint at it in in four in goblet far yeah yeah because he wants to take joe chang i mean fucking roger davies is like getting like a bj behind the bushes from Florida oh totally <laughs> Everyone knew. <laughs> Everyone knew. <laughs> but I mean, maybe I'm very wrong for saying that. And I don't, I don't necessarily like agree with that now. But like, I remember as a horny 13 year old kind of reading the third book and being like, I don't feel like this is reflective of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I know that there are people who are late bloomers. And also like, this is a, a book series, quote unquote, for children. But again, like I said, my sister was 13 when the third book came out and she was already kissing boys. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> so I do, I feel like with, where, the, where the movie kind of got that right I remember it was a huge deal too because the director of the third movie mm-hmm. I, I like heard a rumor that he'd like directed porn what <laughs> he hasn't like to be clear he okay he, direct, he directed like a sexy movie he directed a movie that was sexy. Oh, okay yeah and yeah I think, yeah like just like in like at my middle through school. the telephone yeah. game it was like ooh, he directed porn and I was like <gasps> what that's why you could feel the love that's how you can feel the love. I mean, that's when Hermione touches Ron's hand for the first time. And there's yeah, like- there was a hand holding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no, I just like recently rewatched like the first three movies just to be like, just to like remember, because I don't think I've ever watched the movies other than like when they first came out. Uh, <laughs> you mm-hmm. haven't done like an epic rewatch? No, I think I've only watched like each of the Harry Potter movies like once and like maybe twice if they like came on TV. Oh! What? I don't rewatch a lot of things. It's it's. It, I know I just told you that I rewatched all of Avatar, but that's a but different that thing. Count? That's a, that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I usually I just, don't rewatch rewatch things. I was gonna ask you if you ever indulged in fanfic. I did not. I did not get into the world of fanfic. I don't know. I think I was. I'm. I'm very infatuated with my like idea of love, and especially like young me, young Terry, like between like seven and 13, like every person that I had a crush on, I was like, Emma, are they the person I'm going to marry and be with for the rest of my life? <laughs> like, it was very intense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I don't know how much has changed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, fell. you're right. I mean, I'm sorry. You, <laughs> I can edit that you, out. You know some of the, I mean, you know some of the people that I've dated within the, the last uh, year. <laughs> sure. But I mean, I guess what I want to say is that I think that's really normal. As a young buck, mm-hmm. I myself, like uh, every crush I had, 
was so intense. So intense. And it was so like, I would just like daydream these like, inc- like incredibly elaborate, incredibly detailed situations in which like I would kiss the person that I liked. <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. we would date for years and then yes, we'd eventually get married and we'd talk yeah. about how we like got together in middle school. And a lot of these people like didn't even like really know I existed. I love that. Like that's like a big mood for me. Like all all my crushes were um, very unrequited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. I you you've seen Pen Fifteen. I've I've watched the the very like first like couple episodes of that first season of Pen Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. and so, it's just like it's it's so painfully real. <laughs> it's so painfully real. Hot. Okay, so for those who don't know, Pen Fifteen is a series on Hulu that I highly recommend to every single person. It, it is uh, these two uh, grown woman comedians playing themselves in middle school and all of the actors around them are like middle school actual children and their parents like their the characters of their parents are played by their real parents and it's so perfectly and hilariously done and like it takes place in the year 2000 so that was on you around when you and I were in middle school so Mm -hmm. the fashion all of it the, the cultural moments but the the character of Anna is infatuated with a young man named Alex who has uh you know the perfectly like the perfect like, middle part I'm trying right? to do it on Hair? myself right it's now it's like yeah. his perfect tip. I'm doing mm-hmm. it right now here and then uh, I'll take a screenshot like, amazing I'll, I'll also give a, a middle yeah. part I'll do a gap yeah let's both put on middle parts and then we'll take a screenshot and we'll post it on the the Instagram Eleanor will love it wow your hair's getting so long it's so long it looks you have like See, the um, going for that you know what you have you seen Fleabag? Um, I haven't. I've I've I watched the um the one woman show the theater the play. Okay, then you're not going to catch this reference, but you have the haircut of the sister, and she describes it as she looks like a pencil. Just when you I have the middle look. part. Just when you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, no. It's okay, so true. I'm going to take so the true. screenshot. Look, 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 cute. Hold on. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to keep all of that in. I'm not editing any of that out. <laughs> There'll um, just be like 15 seconds of us like trying to take a photo. <laughs> listen, I've had some drinks, but me too. I poured a lot of poured a lot of alcohol in this cup. What are you end. drinking? Um, I was just like drinking gin and guava juice, but I like there's a lot of gin in here. Yeah, I like to go to the liquor store and get the fancy gin that is on mm. sale. So I got like a mm. sixty dollar bottle of gin for like thirty. Oh yes. Yeah, loving it. But Mm -hmm. that is not the point. The point I was trying to make is that (laughs) when (laughs) this girl (laughs) looks at the boy she likes, this like really like sad ballad kind of like woman singer, (laughs) the music comes on and it's just perfect. And that is like what every single crush I had in middle school was me just like looking at the person of my interest longingly and just being like, like one day they're going to notice me and it's going to be amazing. And like, we're going to tell stories. Yeah. But then you wonder why we feel that way because all these people in Harry Potter who met when they were 11, fucking get married to each other. And we're Mm -hmm. like, well, yes, naturally, of course. (laughs) I asked mm-hmm, you about mm-hmm. fanfic because yes. I myself have did not write fic, but some of my first uh, forays into masturbation were to fanfic, and mm-hmm. many of those forays were to Harry Potter fanfic. That like makes so much sense. Doesn't like, that read for me? <laughs> there's there's so much like emotional angst, <laughs> emotional angst in the world where it's just like. 
I'm angry at the world, but also like everyone's kind of hot. Well, that's what the fifth book is, right? That's like the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fifth book is Harry being like, oh, I'm so upset and I just want to kiss Cho-, Cho Chang, but now she's <laughs> crying. <laughs> Can we talk about how big of a fuckboy Harry Potter is to Cho Chang in the fifth movie? He's such a big fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. He's such a dick. <laughs> he, like, he like doesn't really care about Cho Chang. He's just like, hey, I'm Harry Potter. Like anyone would be with me. <laughs> Kinda. And he's like, oh, like, all of his, like, interactions with her are so, like, centered around his feelings. And, like, he feels very inconvenienced by her grief. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Like, the way that, like, they're in Madame Puttyfoot's or whatever the fuck it's called. Feelings, not facts. And she's like, starts to cry and get upset. And he's just like, uh, okay. I feel like, I've, like, while I was doing, like, the rewatch of, like, the first three movies, I was like, you know, Harry, like, doesn't have a lot going for him other than, like, the fact he's just Harry Potter. Right? And the whole thing about it is that he's just Harry Potter. He's just Harry Potter, like... Like, he's kind of good at magic, but he's not, like, Hermione good. And he's, like, mm-hmm. he's like not a good friend. <laughs> no, he's so mean to his friends. And he, like... No, it, I wouldn't say that he, like, takes advantage of Ron, but, like, he... <laughs> Ron like is Ron like is so gentle. Ron is just like yeah, he's like the gentle sidekick where he's just like whatever you do, I'll support you. Well, also like he open like he like fully like shares his family, shares his house, and I get it. Harry's like in an abusive mm-hmm. home situation, but I wouldn't say that Harry also like does any like emotional growth throughout yeah the series. Whereas I feel like Ron really has emotional growth throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Like Ron can be yeah. a bit, bit of a doofus. I- yeah, he can, like, like he, he says dumb things sometimes, but, like, he also has, like, moments of courage and, like, moments of, like, being a leader and, like, being able to stand up for, like, what's right. And, mm-hmm. like, I think to, to negate all the Ron haters, <laughs> just to be, like, I feel like Ron really grows throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I also feel that Rupert Grant should Ronnie. Like, I've just always felt that way. Wait, uh, so... Oh, what a moment for the... Sorry, what was that? You said... Yeah, my Wi-Fi is really bad. And Wi-Fi and... Wi-Fi? Wiley. (laughs) Wi-Fi, Wiley, my boyfriend. (laughs) The same thing. (laughs) Wi-Fi, Wiley is uh, also Zooming with his Shakespeare friends. So... Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Um, It's... it's, This is like a pretty common occurrence in the house where I'll be over here like talking about being a horny teen and he's like in there talking about like verse and Shakespeare. (laughs) Shakespeare. This is who we are. (laughs) But the point I was trying to make is that I'm really horny for Rupert Grant and I've always been really horny for Rupert Grant. And I think that Mm -hmm. Rupert Grant is hotter than Daniel Radcliffe. But I do think that Emma Watson is hotter than all of them. Oh, for sure. Like and for some reason (laughs) Neville Longbottom is hotter than all of them. Well did you did you know that um they they had a ugly up Neville or the actor who played Neville um because he got too hot. Yeah. And you can tell when they started doing that too. Mm-hmm. Cuz like he went from like, kind of like yeah. He like when he was like really doofy. He was like really really doofy from the first movie. By the final movie you're just like, "Holy shit, when did Neville get so hot?" I loved that moment in the movie when like it was like a purposeful reveal. They were like, and you want to see something? Like, Neville Longbottom is hot. <laughs> it was like hot. they did it on purpose. Like, they were like, and then he... the seventh movie. 
will reveal that Neville's hot. I like have a feeling like like whoever the writers and like the um like the overseers of like the producing team of like all the movies were just like we're just like we can't let the guy playing Neville just be seen as this like super doofy guy. Like he's he's hot. Like we have to show that off. Like we have to let him have his moment. Cause like that's the moment where he comes out with like the sword and everything, right? He has a sword. Am no, I when we first see, myself? no, when we yeah, you're fucking yourself. When we first okay. <laughs> see Neville, <laughs> when we first see Neville, he comes out of the portrait, and that's why mm, it felt like mm-hmm. this huge reveal. Because like you see someone walking, and you're like, who is that? And then you're like, who? I know. Is I know. That? But then yeah, and then he has the sword, and then he like yeah, my internet connection is unstable, mm-hmm. so that's probably it's all good. No, but it it like I I think I missed the first reveal. And I think I just remembered Neville with the sword. And I was just like, nice. damn. <laughs> like that, that's the moment that stuck out to me was Neville with the sword, just being like, I'm defending Hogwarts. And I'm like, yes, you are Neville. <laughs> it's so great though, that he gets to <clears throat> kill a Horcrux. It feels right. Oh yeah. I don't remember if this is entirely true, but like the theory that like Neville could have also been oh, yeah, that's Harry Potter's right. replacement. Yeah. That's canon. Mm-hmm. But because Voldemort marked Harry as his equal and Neville was not. I think things turned out for the best. Neville is just a soft boy who loves plants. He's such a soft boy. He loves his plants. He loves plants. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play the computer games? I did. Um, <gasps> I have never talked to anyone else who played the computer games. I, I remember I remember very, very clearly playing um, the second, the- uh, Chamber of Secrets? Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. and did not you- being able to beat it. <laughs> I remember I had to do like the spell, um, the spell classes and like you had to like draw the um, uh-huh. insignia. Yeah. And very early on learned you could just cheat by just like scribbling in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good memories. Good times. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I remember the summer I spent listening to the Legally Blonde soundtrack while trying to defeat mm-hmm. the first game, uh, Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Stone. It took me a lot of tries, but eventually I flippendoed the shit out of Voldemort, <laughs> all while listening to the Legally Blonde original Broadway cast recording. I feel like the um, the computer games were like so typically hard for like children. Why like, were they children? so hard? <laughs> they were so hard. <laughs> it was so difficult. I don't remember if the second one had the Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans side quest. I think so. I, I do remember that. Yeah, the first, I mean, um, I really only remember playing the first one. I didn't even have the second one. I just like played the second one at a friend's house. Have, have you actually ever tried the, uh, the every, every flavor beans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why did they do that? <laughs> why did they do that? I mean, I, I've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios mm-hmm. in LA. Not the, not the full one, just, just the Hogsmeade. I got the I got the uh, the bean experience from uh, going to the Jelly Bean Factory as a oh. kid. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't mm-hmm. does does Jelly Belly own Birdie Bots or have some? Yes, partnership? yeah. Mm-hmm. Like their headquarters is somewhere. They have a headquarters somewhere in California, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get the grass flavor? <laughs> you know, the grass wasn't the worst. It was like all like the really Vomit. like off. Yeah. Vomit. Vomit. Dirt dirt soap soap earwax earwax uh yeah i'm like why would anyone like choose to buy i mean i guess like looking at it now people do like have done like looking in the or like recent history of like the cinnamon challenge so i'm like you know what oh people do stupid yeah people do stupid things to themselves (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so we're coming to the conclusion of our of our time here i have questions for you though what is your house so i 
tested into the Hufflepuffs, but I've heard people, um, someone I've dated before say like, I have Slytherin qualities. So possibly a Slyther- Slytherin puff. Wait, I feel like we've had this conversation before. We have totally had had this conversation. <laughs> and I'm going to say it again for the listeners at home. You told me that we were like at a bar mm-hmm. and you told me that like, you're like, I think I'm a Slytherin. And then I said to you, you won't order a drink unless someone else in the group has already ordered that drink. I'm really bad at making decisions, which is also true for a Libra. <laughs> yeah, that reads. Um, <laughs> a, mm-hmm. slither, a slither puff. That's a that's a unique combo. I feel like you don't see that that often. Yeah, well, it's because I think it's like how I have like like my day to day life. I think I'm a a, a Hufflepuff, where yeah. I'm like very like I want to be friends with everyone. I want everyone to love me. I love food, but then like my dreams and aspirations of like how I achieve things is like kind of in a Slytherin manner, where it's sure. like what are the steps that I need to take to like get to the next thing that makes sense that makes sense Mm -hmm. i would say you are an ambitious fellow but i wouldn't say you're like a cunning fellow yeah maybe cunning isn't exactly it but like no you have the qualities i see it Mm -hmm. i see it i myself am a gryffindor i thought i was a ravenclaw for a very long time i feel like you could split I am like I think I am a pretty even split of the two. I'm just not a big fucking nerd. That's all. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Slither. Uh, no, uh, I mean I think uh, Ravenclaw is the the furthest house from me. Like book smart, totally not me. <laughs> I yeah. I just I care too much about and you you yourself you just said like you care very much about people liking you. I feel like that's a I need people to like me so much. <laughs> that's like that's a Hufflepuff quality. That's a very Hufflepuff quality. Yeah, I think I think primarily Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh what class at Hogwarts would you most be interested in taking? And what class would you feel like you most would excel in? Are they the same? Are they different? Tell uh-huh. us both. That's a great question. Um, I think I would probably be super into either potions. I think I would like, I like knowing how things work. So like formulas and things like that. Like if I wasn't going to be an artist, I think my backup plan was to be like some sort of scientist and like be like a physicist or something like that. I got really into physics. So like knowing how those things work. I thought you were bad at math. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that's a different kind of math. That's like formulas. (laughs) That's not like adding. (laughs) Got it. Got it. It's there's always uh, always the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, formulas are different. Um, so like <laughs> I like formulas. And I think probably I, I think potions is the class that I would excel at. I think the class that I would love to like do would be like defense against the dark arts. I think every edgy like boy would want to do defense against the dark arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking edgelord. <laughs> I don't know what an like, edge everyone... is. <laughs> Every, every, like, if, if any boy had any time, like, any kind of edge in their life growing up, like, defense against, like, the dark arts was it. Yeah, fighting class. Like, I want to fight evil. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's good. I think. What about, class, what about your classes? Yeah, I think the class I would be the best at is transfiguration. Mm-hmm. I think I would do pretty well at charms, too. But I think transfiguration just that feels like the yeah, where I would probably excel. I think I would really enjoy care of magical creatures, but it feels like it might be really close. It feels like it might be really close to biology, which I'm really bad at. As you know, I've, I've told you this before. My like biggest aspiration besides like being in theater was to be a marine mammologist, like study marine mammals specifically. You and have then, not, you have not told wait, me that. Have I not told you that? Oh my God. You have not told me that. Harry, 
how do you not know that my greatest love in the world is the sea and that I love seals and want to touch seals more than I want to do anything else in my life. You have never said this before in your life. I'm obsessed. <laughs> or, I mean, with to seals. me in your life. Yes, I know. I've said um, it to many people. <laughs> which is actually. Does this make sense? Yes, but I think like <laughs> what, what's also really <laughs> what's also really funny is that when I was applying to colleges, one of the colleges I applied to was CSU Monterey Bay, where they have a great uh, um, program. They have a great for marine biology, which I was thinking about taking. Yeah, the thing is, and like the thing that I think is kind of bullshit is that I am passionate about seals and would like to touch them. The thing that is keeping me from touching them is that marine mammalogy is a sub-branch of marine biology, and you have to do a bunch of fucking math before you can touch the seals, which is bullshit. There's I always, should be... Always math in the way to do the things that I want. There was math in the way of my dreams. I was too stupid, apparently, (laughs) to get to touch the seals. I mean, apparently I wanted to be an an astronaut when I was a child. And then my mom told me, my mom told me, like, you have to do a lot of math to do that. And I was like, no, I don't want to be an astronaut anymore. (laughs) But now you like physics, so it's it's possible. I do like physics, so it's a possibility. Terry, let's abandon theater and let's go into the sciences. (laughs) I will we'll brave... be the two strongest forces in the science field. Yes, me just with my army of seals and you and in me, space. Me in space. <laughs> there you go. Wait, I had more questions about Harry Potter. Oh, totally. <laughs> so yes, my, my answers would be, I think I would be best at transfiguration. I think I would enjoy care of magical creatures. Getting to touch unicorns and all that with my feminine energy. <laughs> I feel like gay people get to touch the unicorns. I feel like no matter how I think that's identify, that's like I think that's like par for the course like yeah I feel like, get the unicorns yeah so no matter how you identify gender wise if you are a queer person you get to touch the unicorns yeah fuck you jk rowling that's mm-hmm. how that works but then my okay and my other question is uh where in the wizarding world would you most like to get it on oh wow that's like a question i've never never like had pop into my mind take your time i think there's just like something like so so like kinky about doing it in Hogwarts. Oh yeah, you gotta do it in Hogwarts. Yeah, you gotta do it in Hogwarts. You know, like some teacher's office to like get it on in. Nice. <laughs> and you're gonna be so mad when I tell you my answer. You're gonna be like, I'm so mad I didn't think of that. Wait, what is it? The room of requirement. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything. Oh, I just it remember, could be anything. You just think, I need to have sex in here. And I'm so horny in the room of requirement. <laughs> just opens up. I mean, there's all those in, in book six. There's like all of that mm-hmm. stuff about when Harry is like, I need to know what Malfoy is doing inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Terry, if, if you, where can people find you should you want um, to be found? You can find me on the Instagram at the underscore Terrence, or you can go to my website at terrykitagawa.com. There you go. Anything you're working on in these quarantine times that you would like to promote? Um, I, uh, uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> no, is maybe I'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll finish a musical or a song cycle, but 
there's no pressure on me finishing it. So no possibly, pressure. yes, possibly no. Yes, possibly no. We'll keep the we'll keep the listeners updated. Uh, Terry, my last question is, did that do it for you? Mm-hmm. It did do it for me. Oh my God, yes. This has been so wonderful and lovely. Ah, thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to stop recording now, but stay on because I want to talk to you. Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For Ya is hosted and edited by Aurelia Grierson to the best of their ability. It is produced by Dante Tapo and Chandler Parrott-Thomas. Eleanor Hobson is our media and marketing manager. Our theme song is by Eric Solis, and our visual design is by Margaret Chambers. That Do It For Ya is a sex-positive podcast with naughty words and mentions of characters I do not own. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at That Do It For Ya. Be sure to tell your friends about us, rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and if you're interested in becoming a monthly donor, you can go to patreon.com slash that do it for you pod to join our horny little community.